Oh, don't touch that. No. Ah, Are we in? Are we in? We're in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh what? I see an empty screen up there. Why is there a screen empty? I don't know. Don't we Probably have a faulty on your fucking no, side? Don't again. we have a don't we have a special <laughs> guest tonight? We do. You want to introduce him? Go ahead. We have Four ten wing sprint car driver of Zach Hampton. Ha uh, ha! Ta da! Welcome, Zach. There he is. <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <clears throat> Welcome to Just Got Off Podcast. It's Monday. It's eight thirty, and it looks like you are in a race shop back there. That I am. All right. Busy working on cars, getting stuff put together for something, or yeah. uh... Yeah, I got a, a mess right now, but um getting one new car built and then um uh, tearing one down from last weekend or this I guess yeah, last weekend. Not this past weekend, the weekend before. Um I think it's mostly okay, but I gotta take it and get it put on a jig, just see if it's all right or not. Um straightness wise, and then uh we'll get it put back together. So just uh playing catch up since I've been racing two, three, four times a week for a while uh now and don't have anyone else full time i'm a little bit behind so just uh catching up it's, it seems like the the running rate of things that that go with sprint car drivers is they're they're always behind the eight ball and they're always playing catch up you know <laughs> yeah i'm sure a lot of it's self-inflicted but um yeah still where i'm at right now at least right no but at least you own that. I see I see that a lot on Twitter where people are heckling you. Which I'm gonna go in real quick. Today is June twenty sixth, which is an our national chocolate pudding day. And I do see the hecklers on Twitter all the time. And you shut them down and shut them up pretty quick. So um it's also National Forgiveness Day. Do you do you wanna forgive any of them or 
motherfucker. You know? I mean, I didn't really hold a grudge to begin with. So, um, you know, nothing to forgive. The great no thing harm about it. living in America is they can get on Twitter and say whatever they want. Amen. Uh, yeah. That. <laughs> yes, sir. About what and you the do thing is, is, a lot of them too don't understand the hustle. They they don't understand that when you're at the level that you are and you're running as many times as you are per week, like shit's going to happen. And and when you're running with the best and you're trying to chase the best and it's going to happen. I mean, you're going to junk some shit every once in a while. And that's just part of it. I mean, Dave Darlin, I'm sure junked a lot of shit when he first started too. Yeah. I mean, everyone did. It's, you know, people, I think, I think the, because of, uh like the days of streaming now like my my learn it whatever my you know the, the however long it's taken me to learn it and, and not that i have learned it um i'm still learning all the time but um i think i'm a little bit i'm out of that like you know wrecking a lot of stuff air uh stage that was all televised for me a right. lot of guys wasn't you know so like it looks like they didn't wreck a lot, but you just didn't see it. Like they still did. Everyone did. You know, Lars Every, yeah, everybody tore does, all yeah. sorts of shit up. You know, like yeah. uh, you know, everyone, <laughs> literally everyone. Donnie used to tear shit up. Brad used to tear shit up. You know, so like it's it is what it is. It's just mine's been televised, and then I've ran so much with the Outlaws or the All Stars. So many people are watching that it's uh, it's just all of mine have been. You got a target under the spotlight. on spotlight. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know that it's a target. It just my I was in the spotlight when it happened and you know, a lot of other guys maybe spend two or three years running around, you know, local stuff and they might still run a lot, but like they're not at the big races where everyone's watching. So right. uh yeah. like it goes unnoticed. And I've got something on the soundboard for them that that that, that are calling you out. And he can kiss my dick. You know, Jack Hewitt said it best. If I get the chance, he's going yeah, to. He <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and see, the, the other thing too that I remember is, um, I, I don't know. So let's let's back up real quick, actually, and then I'll I'll get back into a comparison of what what you're talking about being a spotlight person of who they think should be great in their junk and all kinds of shit. Um, do you remember how we met? I think you mm-hmm. said that it was at Montpelier or something. I would have that would have been my guess, but it it really could have been anything. Um, I can't tell you the year, but it, it was ago. it was out at the Chili Bowl Nationals. Okay. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he said earlier. He goes, "Man, I was a little shithead back then." <laughs> you had long hair, and I want to say that you walked up with Gage Walker, oh, probably. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you were like, like oh God, I'm, I'm not trying to dog on you. You looked like a little girl. <laughs> but, I mean, he had yeah. this long ass straight hair and then he talked and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is a guy. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think that was so, probably the year I cut my hair. It is. It is. That's what I, that's where I was going. So. We you were walking around the building with long hair, and I don't know what happened, but we all hung out that day with Peck because I was helping Justin Peck out. Okay, um, and um, like the next day, you came back in. I had no fucking clue who you were. You walked up again, and I had um, no clue. You had cut your hair. Yeah, well, so they had sport clips there, sports clips or whatever, 
and it was like free haircuts, but the like all the tips went to um I honestly I can't remember. It could have been Leffler's kid. It was, you know, a driver that had, had died. Um, you know, in a, and I a think that was right was after Jason. Kid. Yeah, I think that um, was think right was, after Jason Leffler. Yeah, I think it was going to Jason's son or like a uh, benevolent fund, whatever, for his kid. And uh, someone, obviously, there was drinking involved. Um, <laughs> Somebody in our chat just two. said, was beer involved? <laughs> <laughs> there was there, lots of beer. I wasn't drunk. I just, there was beer, but I was like, we were all drinking. And someone was like, oh, I'll bet you 20 bucks you won't cut your hair. And then it just kind of turned in a bunch of people did. And I think it ended up being like 140 or 160 bucks. <laughs> like worth of people giving it and i just you know like i went and got my hair cut and and like donated that money like i didn't keep any of it i just gave it to them as a tip or whatever that's um, badass see i never so got that side of it that's how it happened i don't remember who the first person was um that said like oh but you know 20 bucks you you won't cut your hair or whatever and uh it is like whatever four five six seven people um ended up chipping in and then i just went and got it cut like during i don't know the d mains or whatever that night that's badass. That's so awesome. now, I mean, now that you kind of remember the time, I don't know if you remember me, but do you remember the nickname that we gave you out there? Yeah, it was Stuart Little. <laughs> yeah, he looked like the, he looked like the little kid off of Stuart it was Little. Kale. It was Kale that tweeted it the next morning. We were <laughs> driving somewhere, and he took a picture of me, and I was smiling. And I looked just like the kid off Stuart Little, George. And, uh, George, yes. Like, he tweeted, he, he tweeted it, and then, like, just everyone at the Chili Bowl, like people, I had no idea who they were. Like as I was walking by, people were shouting it and shit. So yeah, you're not the um, you're not the first one to get a nickname from the Chili Bowl. Chris Windham gave himself a nickname at the Chili Bowl, a Big Daddy, and I'm sure alcohol was heavily involved. With that <laughs> oh, yeah. feller, not yours. So yeah, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's how I met Zach. Yeah, I met great. him out there. The chili walked up, and I thought he was a little girl, and then he talked, and then he showed up the next day, and I had no fucking clue who he was because he got his haircut. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, long. that was long. Do you also remember what happened that? Uh, maybe it was like Wednesday or Thursday night. The night I like disappeared. Well, you you <laughs> weren't all fucking there. We I was standing in front of you. We were up over there with the top row rowdies and obviously we couldn't be that high we were down low and um cushion was getting gnarly dude i mean it was oh, rolling over knocked. was that the year i got knocked out fuck yes so <laughs> it like, <laughs> there was a mud chunk i'm not even kidding it came through the fence and i'm watching him go down the back stretch okay so a mud chunk hits me and it was almost like something had greased my head because it glazed off the side of my left head. It, it felt like somebody fucking punched me, dude. And I was like, what the fuck? And I felt my head, and it was, like, all, like, hard from the clay that had smeared itself through. And I turn around and look, and he's standing behind me, and he's just in fucking utter shock. And I look back at him, and there's a mud chunk sitting at his feet, and he's got a big red circle all the way from the, the bottom of his neck to his chest. I mean, it just glazed off my head and just smoked him right in the throat, dude. No. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think, I still don't think you said a whole, like, we. there was only like three or four laps left. There's I don't like three, remember I who won. Like yeah, I, I didn't either, because I was trying to figure out if he was just fucking or not. Zombie or what <laughs> I, 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 yeah, that like knocked the drunk out of me. Like that's all I remember when it from when it happened. Like I don't that's remember the last three hilarious. laps, and I was like, I was not drunk, but I was pretty buzzed before, and I was stone cold fucking sober. Like right after it hit me, 
I don't remember you saying a fucking word. I remember us walking through the concession stands on the back stretch, all the way back up the uh, ramp, and was standing up there. And I still don't think you had said a word. I mean, and it was it. it <laughs> you it probably could yeah, yeah, by that, that point. It was wild. I've never. Yeah, I was pretty bruised. <laughs> Damn, we were down at Hobstot one year. Sick. I think it was the first time I ever took Stephanie to Hobstot, and we always sit right there by the 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 pit exit on turn four or was it turn two and uh hot laps dude i'm sitting there laid back in my little chair next thing you know i take one of the junk about that big around you probably <laughs> had to pull mulch out of there too i remember and this it's, is where oh, it's okay, actually I'll it's right it it's right down. up there on my sprint car wall <laughs> oh really i have it yeah <laughs> so this is where i was gonna flip back so in 2016 to 2017 i worked for john and jared and Dreddy. And Jarrett caught a lot of shit just because mm-hmm. he, he was wrecking a bunch of stuff too. But a lot of people don't realize that Jarrett didn't start racing until he was 16 years old. He thought just because his dad was in NASCAR and IndyCar that he had all that experience too, you know, that he has grew up racing and he didn't. Like Jarrett was a, a soccer player and, you know, he, he never messed with it until then. So they caught they caught Jarrett right in his prime of destroying shit and sailing him out of the park at like Waynesfield. Um, I think he sailed one out at Gas City, and so everybody well, called yeah. me a fucking idiot too. And I went working for him. As a, as a like matter of fact, fifteen, he had junked a bunch of cars. Yeah, as a matter and, of fact, when Stephanie and I started dating, we had seen a lot of sprint car races, and we were at Lincoln Park one night, and he come rolling out of the push chute, and Stephanie goes, "Isn't that the guy that wrecks all those cars all the time?" Had no clue who he was, just knew the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that yeah. sucks, dude, because you know it's just one of those deals. Like I said, you know, you you got to start somewhere, and you're you're not gonna find that edge without hitting it. And mm-hmm. luckily, luckily, he he did get a lot of that out in the 2015 season. And, the cars that I did have to fix and rebuild and stuff were going for wins. I mean, they, they were they were logical fuck-ups, and he was going for broke, you know. <laughs> it wasn't just because he was being an idiot. I mean, they were we were fast, and he knew it. And he was salivating and just, just stepped on it a little bit, you know. So, but yeah, that, that's that's where I was going with that earlier, about having a, a common common denominator there of just an example of somebody that has – you know, Jared's. I think he's doing road course stuff now. I haven't talked to him for a little while, but uh, yeah. I mean, kind so, of like you're kind of giving a bad bad name for yourself. You know, <laughs> like yeah. people, people don't realize that like just fucking shit happens, and sometimes you get on a hot streak, and sometimes you don't. You know, like I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, I've I've torn some stuff up for sure, but um, I don't know. Like my biggest thing is. I haven't tore other people's shit up. You know, like if I, you know, nine times out of 10 that I've, I've torn my stuff up is like, you know, just on me, you know, like I'm not, sure. it's not that I'm, I'm being an asshole and like racing people too hard and wearing people out. Like I just dirty slide them or anything. Yeah. yeah. Like I just fucked up, you know, by myself or whatever, which, you know, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this year I've, I fucked up once like legit my fault, you know, and it was for, racing for third at an all-star show so um it kind of is what it is at least i'm i was running up front so um yeah i don't know it uh for the most so this, part, this is what you do you don't actually have a you don't actually have a full-time job this is what you do 
No, I was, uh, so when I graduated, I graduated high school in 2016. And then, um, like I kind of just fucked off that summer for like two or three months. And then, um, I joined the apprenticeship to be a, a union electrician. Um, and I was just like a, a whatever, like helper for probably, I don't know, not quite a year. And then, uh, I did that. I did the first three and a half. I did half of that. Um, and then 2020 was the last year I worked. So like December 28th or something of 2020 was like the last day I worked. I left that. I was supposed to in 21, uh, like drive for a guy out of PA. Um, and we were going to do the, uh, all stars and it just was not at all what it was supposed to be. It just didn't really work out. So I left that and came ran my own stuff that year. And, um, and then last year we hit it like fairly hard. Um, at least for me, um, I ran as much last year as I did my first two years, ran like 52 races last year. Um, and then this year we were supposed to do a, a similar, pretty much the same type of schedule. Um, and, like late March, my crew chief uh, left, decided he wanted to do something else. So um, I've been on my own since then. But yeah, I mean, like racing, you know, uh, I, I, didn't, I haven't raced this weekend, but I don't think I've had one other off weekend since probably April 1st. So you legit don't have anybody second. going with you to the track or nothing? No, I, I do. I've had um since the list let's race two at Eldora, I've had um Ayrton Olson who worked for TSR for like yeah. three four years. Um, he goes to the track with me. Um, before that, I didn't go racing. Okay, I did like two or three times. I went kind of more or less by myself. Um, but for the most part, like I I always found somebody that could go and help. Like Brian Paulus went. Uh, the first weekend I went racing, he went with me. And then the following weekend, my buddy who races 360s um, in Louisiana, or from Louisiana, but he races a little bit here and there. Um, he came and helped at Peevely. Um, I don't remember who helped the next weekend, honestly. Um, I think the next weekend, my buddy Zane, who worked for Wyndham last year, but now he's at an Indy Lights team, he went to Jacksonville with me. And we ran second, but well, he really went to Jacksonville with someone else, but he pushed me up to staging and shit um, and all that. I ran second that night. And then there's another weekend there. I don't remember who went, um, but Aridan's been to, I would say 90% of the races I've been to since Let's Race 2. Um, so, is that, so is that like, um, I mean, I mean, working with different people can really throw you off because um, you don't, yeah, you don't actually really get to a system. I mean, you guys don't have a little, uh, um, I guess, a chemistry there. So, um, so Ayrton coming on here at the end, I mean, has he, he been kind of at the end of it? I mean, you feel like you're getting something picked up and getting a good chemistry with him and you guys have a, a good system going that'll work every weekend yeah. for you? We get, along, we get along really well, and I think we've been running really well, but um, – and we – we bounce a lot of ideas off each other, but, um, like he was, he's not a crew chief. Um, he was, he was a tire guy, which he knows how to do most everything. So, um, right. it takes a lot of like, what, uh, the, I don't have to worry about anything like when it car related, when I've got him there, at least Mechanical like, stuff. I know the wheels are going to be tight. Like, yeah, I know that, yeah, whatever. Like the couple times we did have like anything mechanical was like, 
in hot laps or before hot laps, like in engine heat, I'd whatever, let something loose. Like, and it was me, it was like motor related. So, um, the stuff that he does hasn't, you know, we haven't had any failures on that end. Um, I mean, and that's really important. That is, that is very, very yeah, important. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, but it, it, you but can't, like, you can't fuck that stuff up. Also, you can't fuck that stuff up in sprint car racing. I mean, that's one of those things that like mistakes kill people. <laughs> you know, you can't, you have to pay attention to what well, you're doing. Yeah. And, yeah, and it just, you know, creates DNFs, which we haven't had many of. Um, but, you know, like, I, I have one motor that's really, really strong that uh, I would say in the right circumstances could win the million. Like, it's good enough to get, win the million or the nationals, like, um, or close to good enough. But uh, it's lapped out right now. Uh, I just took it back. Um, my other two are good motors, but they're not great. Like, they're not, they're good, just good enough to make the invert, but. I think we have good chemistry and, you know, we've got a good car balance right now, but we're just not playing with much as far as trying to get faster, like, or, or getting the car better. Like we try little things here and there, but, um, like we just, without having honestly a real crew chief, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough. I think our, our success is capped at, you know, how we can only get so good, the two of us. And he's not full time. Um, I think he kind of wants to, I just don't think I can afford um to pay him full-time right now and plus i'm out of motors currently until i'm supposed to go to pa this week and that gives me one but that's you know not enough at all um no so, yeah because if know. one it's one tough. wrong thing happens you're you're up well, i started with again. three fresh ones i started with three fresh ones and i made it 21 races before i was out because the first two didn't make it god one isn't that crazy one, one made it one night broke in the heat race of the second night. And then the other one made it like four or five, but we had troubles with it from the first night. So, um, yeah, good times. <laughs> Fucking motors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least you're not leading the uh, fucking $250,000 to win race and for 20 or so laps and then have your fucking uh, shit crap man. out on you. I mean, that-, that would suck, but I, I would rather <laughs> mine have broke it. You're leading a 250,000 race and right. running seventh at a high limit heat race. Right. Buddy did a better <laughs> yeah. job than me because I would have crawled out of that car crying. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's he was he was literally at the highs of highs and it just dropped him. I mean, yeah. that, that'd be a tough that'd be a tough way to go tough out. Tough one to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, and of course, it would be for for me. You know, like when when I was racing, like you see a pic- picture of my midget here behind me. Like, it, it was a family-owned operation, you know, and I was working at a performance engine shop and um, could do all the machine work and stuff myself. My dad's a mechanic, has been for longer than I've been alive, so we built our own motors and we did our own stuff. We paid for it ourselves, and obviously I'm not racing anymore. It's one of those things that's hard, and, you know, I've got kids and stuff now, but that that hits you right, right in the gut a lot harder when it's stuff that you did, like when it's stuff that you paid for and it's your motors and it's your money. Like I know we had engine problems one time and like I could have puked, you know, cause I just, I just know everything that we put into it and paid for, you know, some, some of these guys, yeah, it's your money. It, down it's the a drain. struggle on the shoulder, you know, cause it, it's a car owner's problem, you know, but when it's your motor and you're paying for it, it's a different deal. It it hits a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
you know, I think, you know, even, I think most guys, even when it's, you know, they're car owners, anyone who's been involved, even if it's not their money, you know, like just involved in the buying anything racing related, like on a team, even five years ago, like when they're driving for the car, I think most of them like do like have that still, I guess there's still nights of just gut wrenching. It's like, it's yeah. Like you could puke, like, it's just disgusting to think, um, you know, how much it costs or whatever. And it's like nothing you or, you know, really anyone else could have done differently to, to make it not happen. But um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a ridiculously expensive sport. We got a guy that volunteered in our YouTube chat that said he'll work for beer. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like the, the only problem is I've had a ton of people like reach out. Oh, I could help here and there. It's like, yeah, more times than not, like having someone come help that either A, doesn't know, or B, they do know, but they're only coming to help for a weekend. It's honestly more of a hassle to have them help than it is to just do it myself. Like, I'm just, it'd be better. It's easier to yeah. just do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. The time I explain it to somebody, it has now cost me more time, you know? So, like, that's kind of the downside is I'm not in a position to be teaching anybody or anything like that because I just I don't have the time. I'm better off just doing it myself. Right. Yeah. You don't have the time because you're, not, you're there I, to go I, as I fast as you can, that. period. Yeah. Like I tried right. to explain that to someone on Twitter once as they were offering and the, I don't know, they were like kind of upset because I was like, you know, I basically said that like, no, it really, you know, isn't help. And they're like, oh, well, you know, whatever. And it's like, dude, it's not like anything against anyone. It's just, I do not have time to explain. Like that's, there's not time for that, especially when you're running an outlaw show um or you know even i guess most all-star shows like it's fuck everything's going like you do not have time to to teach someone this or that or answer this question or that question like there's no support classes it's not like racing at putnamville where like you you heat race and then you might as well take your suit off because it's gonna be three hours before you race the feature you know like it's just not like that there's not Um, four or five support classes there to, to soak up that time yeah and there's yeah there's just and there's way more on the line i i just can't it's too much, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's too much to risk. Um, so I mean, when when did you start racing? Like, when did you first kind of become passionate about it? And then, um, I guess when did it really hit you that like this is it? That this, this is what you want to do for for a living? Um, I started when I was five, like quarter midgets. Um, and I ran those till I was like ten or eleven, and then we ran uh, micros. Um, and I always loved it. Like, um, so we ran micros until I was like 14, 15, and then we got a midget. Um, and I ran that till I was like 17. And then I, I started driving a 305 for Bill Throckmorton. Well, it was his car and it was Dan Roberts, um, motor. And I ran that like three or four times. And that year, that was like my senior, that was going, that was between my junior and senior year of high school. Yeah, and I drove that like three or four times. My dad was like, hey, since you're doing that deal, like I'm kind of, we traveled everywhere. So he was like, I'm kind of done. Like I'm ready to whatever. Do you mind if I sell this stuff? And I was like, no, I mean, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, like sell our own stuff. And uh, so he sold our midgets. And then I I won like the third night I ran that thing. And then it, the we were going to ran, we got rained out. And then the fourth night or whatever, I was supposed to race it uh the motor broke in like hot laps and then um i got fired they were mad the night i won because he told me to run the bottom and it sucked on the bottom i was running like fourth 
We had I heard this story. Like, we, we had a caution with like eight to go. So I jumped up top and like pounded the curb and won by almost half a track. And like he got fired. Just smoked them. And then, yeah, when the motor broke, that was like, I almost got fired like in victory lane. And then when the motor broke, I didn't even really race again. The motor broke. He was like, yeah, you should just come get your seat. It's like, okay. I mean, you hired me to drive the car. If you can't let me make a judgment call. You know, once I get out onto the track, then I don't want to drive for you anyways. Yeah, um, especially when you're re- you're winning third, fourth race out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a yeah. three hundred five. It was like nothing, you know, crazy. But um, yeah. So uh, and then I really for like the next, let's see, that was so that would have been twenty fifteen. I didn't get. I didn't really race for like four years, hardly. I ran Kenny Owens midget a handful of times. Um, I ran a couple of like one or two other cars, like once or twice each. Like, honestly, some shit that looking back, I don't know why I would have ever even considered getting in. Um, Just like unsafe. And then I ran a wing 360 for um, a guy named James Page in 2018. Probably like five, six times. Jimmy Page? Isn't he the guitar player for Led Zeppelin? <laughs> Dano is a... <laughs> he's a rocker, man. He's a, He plays guitar in a band and stuff. So. <laughs> was, you said James Page, uh, and I was like, Light bulb, I think I know that guy. Yeah, that, that safety stuff, though, man. Like, I think if anybody that's driven for somebody else has done some sketchy shit. Like, I drove a TQ for a guy one time, and I showed up. He called me and said that he had a car and wanted me to drive it. And I was down in Brookville at the beach, at the Brookville Lake. And they were racing in Marion County. And I'm like, dude, it's going to be a while before I can get there. And he said, don't matter. Just come on. Just bring your stuff. And I said, what do I owe you? And he's like, nothing. Just come show up and race. Okay. So I showed up, and I never ran and sat in this car before. And I got in, and it's like trying to steer one of the fucking teddy bears at the county fair, dude. I mean, it was just a flat. I mean, the 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 whole steering wheel was parallel with the frame rails. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I was I, I mean, it was literally old school. I was up on the wheel the whole night just pushing it forward and back. <laughs> it was it was bad. <laughs> it wasn't fun. It was kind of sketch. Um Yeah, so I like that those like 3 years off four years off where I didn't have anything to drive and we didn't have our family, like any family stuff left was, I would say that was where I realized like how much I wanted to race, but I didn't really have a way to. And then when I started running that 360, I ended up, I bought a car, I bought a roller from Brian Paulus. Um, and then I put that guy 360 in it and ran like two more races. Um, and then uh, that winner, he ended up, he kind of had to sell everything. So that was a weird deal. His, his dad, like 20 years, 14 or 15 years prior to me driving for this guy, he was like mid-30s when I met him and drove for him. So when he was like 20, his dad was a pool boy. And he was, so Bristol Myers Squibb, who owns Invented Tylenol, he was oh, the wow. pool boy for like the heir, heiress, I guess the, the granddaughter. So she was like the primary shareholder at the time of Bristol Myers Squibb. And her dad, his, this guy's dad was her pool boy and ended up marrying her. Well, they were married for like 14 or 15 years. And like she was in her mid fifties and they had, they had a prenup. And then after 10 years, they had a, they got like a will, like a real will. But 
because it's like corporate money. All the, There's so many people that had to sign up. Well, she's like mid fifties and they just hadn't gotten around to it. And so she passed away like the winner of whatever. And her two real kids like sued and contested the will. So it ended up going back to like they won. So it went back to the prenup. So he only got like a couple million um, or ten, he got like 10 million. And then James died before he got like a million, but like he had to go back to work and like was no longer uh, living Holy off that. So that's crap. why he sold everything. Um, so <laughs> I bought a Dash 12. He wrote a zero a real quick. Yeah. Um, I bought a Dash 12 from a non wing guy that winter. Like I talked my dad into buying it like for 7,500 bucks or something. And uh, I went to a non wing race, a race here at Putnamville early in the year just to like kind of shake the car down. And I don't know. We ran okay, whatever. And then, uh, I put a wing on it like six weeks later when I finally had help again. Um, and Kale Thomas went with me. We went to Attica and blew it up in hot lap the first night, like the first time I put a wing on it. Um, so I went like six more weeks. I went till August. I didn't race. This is like 2019. Went on a So I was still in the apprenticeship. Sunday, I drove to St. Louis to Loyette's and bought an all pro. I drove back home. Monday morning, I had school from like 730 to four. Got off uh or got out of, of the schooling part the apprenticeship come back home that monday night put the 410 in the car didn't know how to fuel like didn't even know how to run the fuel lines for like a sprint car so just grabbed my fuel lines and then i didn't have any like mufflers for knoxville i drove i woke up tuesday morning and drove to the nationals and that was my first real wing 410 race was uh the knoxville nationals in 19 and then i got to race probably four more times that year uh, in the 410 and like I would say that's when um, it really like clicked or whatever that I don't know this is what I wanted to do I was never involved that much in my family stuff like even when we had the midgets um, especially when I was young and uh, so I don't know once I was like more involved there was on me to yeah. if I wanted to go racing like it was I better make it happen um, I would say that's when I like really got passionate about it i've always loved it but like i don't know i, feel, I mean I've, who's who's oh, you go ahead dano I, I feel like i feel like you're early enough in your in your what i consider kind of big sprint car career that you probably every time you get in the car you still like fuck yeah dude like i'm about to go fast i'm a i'm a i'm a rip the fucking tires off this thing do you still get that feeling every time you get in the car uh, you know, yeah, I would say yes, but no, like, I don't like, I don't know. I don't, I, yes, I still love like obviously getting in it, but it's not like a, he's turning a new know, leaf. Not a he's trying thing. not to fuck shit up. It's, <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's just like, it's not, it's not the going fast part that is like the fun part or whatever. I mean, it's fun, I guess, but like, I don't know. It's. It's kind of an unexplainable feeling, I feel like. Um, the, the, like, difficulty of it, of, like, actually being fat. Like, there's no, there's no way to be perfect, right? Like, right. I guess would be the thing. So, like, you're always chasing, even if you win, like, you could have been better. So, you're yep. al- there's always that. Like, if I went bowling, right, like, you can bowl perfect. Like, you couldn't have gotten any more points if you wanted sure. to. Yeah. But, like, in racing, like, you can just always be better no matter what. Like, like even Kyle Larson could be better, right? Because he didn't win every single race he's ever, like, he's in. Sure. So, like, 
that I think there's, I think that's what we're all chasing. And that's like the most fun part of it to me. Um, and I don't think you ever get in one and like, don't learn something. Like, I think even yeah. Donnie shots, like he learns when he gets in the car and drives every single night, like well, he it, figures something it, else out. And it changes even more every year because the shock packages keep changing and now they're changing tires. And so, I mean, just with the evolution of the sport itself, you, you think you got some of it figured out in some aspects, and then it just completely changes again. Then oh, it's, it's a whole it's new a learning humbling, curve. It's a humbling deal. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, Carson Macedo, arguably one of the fastest drivers in the country right now, like easily top three or top five in the country. Like at any race track, he's a top three guy, and he just flat out spun out the other night, Friday night yeah. at Houston. It's like yeah. not – didn't get help from anyone, just, just spun out. Like, and, you know, like it's just – you know, like it just happens. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's, so it, much it, to me, there's so much more going on that like people don't just don't understand. I mean, it's, yeah. they don't get it. And even when they're like, Oh yeah, I get it. There's a lot going on. It's like, you still don't even, you still don't understand. Like, you still don't understand. I still don't understand, you know, and I do it every week. Yeah. That's the know? same like, thing for me. Like but, when, when I go to a gig, you know, I'm a guitar player. It's not just show up, put my guitar on, play for four hours and then take my guitar off, get in the truck and go home. There's four hours worth of work before the show. There's the show itself. And then there's two hours worth of work after the show. Plus all the fucking practices and all the fucking notes I have to memorize. It's, and you know, I'm at the point in my music career to where I'm still learning stuff. I've played guitar for 30 friggin' years, you know, like I'm learning shit in the middle of a gig. I'll go, fuck, that was cool. How the fuck did I do that? You know, like, wow. (laughs) So I I get that feeling. You know, and I would say, like, the biggest thing that people don't understand is, like, all I hear all the time, I think every driver does, um, or anyone that works on race cars for a living, is, like, you know, when people ask, you know, oh, do you know, or I tell anyone, if I'm just me, if I meet a random person, like. And I think you're getting street, ready to cover one of my like, questions, too, is what do, you, like, what do people mo- misunderstand most about racing? So I think, dirt racing, so I think you're getting ready to cover that. <laughs> uh, sort of. Like, I, I hear all the time, like, when I tell someone I'm a, I, I race full-time, or if someone comes up to me at the track, they're like, oh, do you know, do you have a real job, or are you just doing this? And I say, no, like, this is, this is my job, like, I'm racing. I hear so much, like, oh, that must be awesome, like, or, or you're living the dream, or whatever, you know, like. <laughs> and. And I am like, I love this. Um, but man, people don't understand. Like it's not, it's seven days a week. As soon as you like, once you, once you're doing it for a living, it's not the same. Like the guy on an open trailer looking at the feather light at an outlaw show. And he goes, man, you guys, you know, like you're so lucky you have all that. Like that dude on the open trailer, that ran 17th in the C main is having 10 times more fun than all of us. (laughs) He's having the time of his fucking life, man. Like, it's because true we too, got it, like man. the night's yep. over. We have so much pressure on us. You know, we, we do every we draw the right pill number. You know, you you qualify as good as you can. Like you do everything right, and you ran 14th place. And you got it's midnight. You got to drive two hours, hit a car wash, drive another two hours to the next track. Like, and this dude's just gonna go roll home and and like leave his shit in the beers. driveway. Leave it like, on the open even, trailer. <laughs> we're not even gonna be to the car wash yet, and he's gonna be ten beers deep at home like in his boxers you know whatever like so i don't know there's just i i don't think people quite understand that like it's it's so different once you're doing it for a living it is like i love it um but like i think schoenberg said it i don't remember if it was 
I think it was Volusia this year when they were interviewing a bunch of drivers and like it was probably the most the best way to explain it is like this this like I love racing full time but there's a lot of days where it's really hard to to remember why like you love it or why you're doing it like it's yeah. tough it's just the highest highs and lowest lows like all the time and at any given yeah, time like yeah yeah it's, it, you know and I and I, I you're doing it from both perspectives from working on it and driving i can only because i you know i I did it full-time for as a crew guy as a chief mechanic and it's seven days a week dude i mean you're you're damn right i mean you're you're at the racetrack friday saturday sunday you come home and you know most of the time we run at kokomo on sunday so you'll wash on monday morning tear everything apart come back on Tuesday and kind of clean everything up, try and go back together, restock the trailer, dismount tires, mount tires, do all the sizing and shit, restock the trailer, get everything yeah, cleaned up. And I don't up. even get to race in the city. I don't even get to race here. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I race, I you race travel everywhere else. I have, yeah. my, 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 the closest, I, I'm lucky if my, if my drive is only three and a half hours, but more times than not, I'm four plus. Like two, That's crazy, so not this dude. past weekend. The weekend before, we we did um, so we raced Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We left, uh, basically Indianapolis Thursday at like, uh, ten, and drove to Atomic, which is in Chillicothe, Ohio. It's like four and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. We I raced, ran a wing car there one time. Um, got someone spun in front of us. We tore the rear end out of it. So, drive like go to the car wash, then go to uh. Eldora, unload at Eldora, and we're up to like five in the morning, putting a new rear end in, all that. Get up at nine, ten in the morning to finish everything, tires, you know, all the other shit. Make sure the rear is square, like finish doing all that stuff, and uh, and then like tearing the bolts out of the broken stuff and whatnot. <laughs> Raced at Eldora, um, ran tenth, and then we left Eldora at it was like eleven thirty, uh, and we drove to Brownsburg. Back to Brownsburg, Indiana. So it would been Friday night, Saturday morning. Got there at 2 a.m., car wash. Went to Ayrton's apartment, like, five miles from the car wash. Showered, all showered there. Left there at, like, 3, 3.30 in the morning and drove to Knoxville, Iowa, which was, like, another six and a half. We got to Knoxville at 10 a.m. Um, when we left Indy, Ayrton drove for, like, four and a half, five hours while I slept. And then we switched. And then when we got to Knoxville at, like, 10, unloaded, maintenance everything oil, whatever. It took us like four hours. I took like a two hour nap and then we rolled into Knoxville and raced at Knoxville that night. And then we left Knoxville and drove to Houston's, which is in Brandon, South Dakota. Um, so we let, uh, I want to say we left at like one in the morning after Knoxville. Um, and we got to Houston's like, I don't know, six in the morning, uh, seven in the morning and slept. Um, and then we got up maintenance throughout the day, raced, whatever had a right front spindle break in the feature, like destroyed the car. So a couple of Brad Sweets guys helped us like get a rear end in it, front end in it, all that loaded up and drove like straight from there, whatever. We left one or two in the morning and drove straight back to Indy and got back to Indy at 2 p.m. Monday. So it was like just over four and a half days. It was 1,980 miles, 30 hours of That's crazy. God damn! Uh, the only the only story really I have close to that. To show for it. Yeah, not any. The only the only story that I have close to that is when I was working for Andretti's. We did the Eastern Storm, 
And I forget where it was at, but we were way too fucking tight for qualifying. Um, I'm not going to name drop on the crew chief that we had at the time. Um, right? But, yeah, real. No, wait, what? Have you ever heard of a carbine cripe tight? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't him. It was. That's why I was just guessing. <laughs> but uh, we, we, uh, biked fuck up and qualifying came over. Just, I mean, it plowed the fucking wall and just it ripped the rear end out of it, fucked it all up. And it, it had some frame damage. John, somebody there in uh, Pennsylvania had told us that there was a chassis shop nearby that we could go to. So we're there at like two in the morning trying to fix this fucking thing. And they finally get the frame fixed. And I remember re-squaring a rear end in this car at 5 a.m. in a car wash bay. We we had it up on yep. stands in the middle of a car wash bay using the lights in the car wash bay to re-square it. Went and raced the next night. And we were both just like, all three of us were just like, we're not having fun up here. This fucking sucks. It was a Friday night. And we're like, after this race, we're going back home. So we literally had everything fucking loaded up. Jarrett rolled out on the track, and we already had everything loaded up in the trailer to make the long haul back home to Indiana. And uh, <laughs> you we wonder who you're talking to. <laughs> hey, Dad, what's go going on there? there the back. <laughs> but we rolled the car right up in the trailer, ratchet strapped it down. Jarrett actually changed in the truck, and then we headed down back to Indiana. Got we drove. I think we uh, took shifts like three or four hours at a time. I think it was like a twelve-hour haul, and then we got back to Indiana, unloaded the car, washed it, maintenance in the parking lot, and then went down to Lawrenceburg and won the feature that night. So, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it's, but yeah, yeah, it was, people don't quite understand how much is going on. I thought John was gonna uh, kill me one time, dude. So like. I had only been working with them since like December, December, January, just kind of like a little trial. They brought me into the shop just to see what I could do, you know, have me do some building front ends and shit like that. And then they hired me in February, the first part of February. And of course, we're getting ready to go down to Florida. And like, I've hauled a trailer before, but it's all local shit. It's always been, you know, we had, we had a 48-foot gooseneck that we traveled. We had, like, two or three TQs at one time. But it was always, like, 45 minutes down the road or an hour down the road. So John takes the first shift. We change over sometime, and, like, it was kind of getting – I mean, it was night. It was getting dark down in Tennessee. And he's like, you go ahead and take a shift and drive now. I was like, all right, cool. And he sticks my ass in the fucking mountains of Tennessee, <laughs> and it's pouring down rain, pitch black, and we're we're going down these big-ass fucking hills that's got, like, the escape routes, like the little sand traps and shit. And it got to the point, dude, it was shaking the whole fucking front of the truck. <laughs> because it was getting the brakes so fucking wore out on the truck. I'm reaching down and squeezing the fucking brakes on the trailer, trying to get them to try and pull back. <laughs> I was I was about to shit my pants. I had never driven anything like that before. And here I am, fucking not even two weeks into my hire-on with them, and they're sticking me in their brand-new fucking truck with this big 44-foot trailer. <laughs> fucking quarter of a million dollars worth of shit in the back. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's stressful. 
Yeah, and there's cars everywhere. Because there's some. It amazes me that people even get where they're going on the road. Like people are so stupid on the road. It's insane to me that, (laughs) like, I just I see shit and I'm like, I don't I don't know how people like even get to where they're going. Yeah, yeah. John and John and like you got you got to be on the offense too, because like when John was driving, John drove most of the time, but um. We had a big Window World trailer that was, like, their big yeah. sponsor. And it didn't say Window World Racing or anything. It, it, I mean, if you were to see it rolling down the road, if you didn't know who it was, you would think that it was literally a window company full of with a trailer full of windows making a delivery. And, like, John yeah. was very – like, he would drive on the offense all the time. I mean, he if he needs to get over, he's fucking getting Better over. Getting over. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, like – People be blaring their yeah, fucking horns and shit, and he'd be like, "Well, selling some windows." Like that's what he called it. Every time he'd cut somebody <laughs> off, he'd call it selling windows. I said, "How many times have you talked to your guys as a Window World sponsor?" And like they've been like getting phone calls and shit from somebody in this white GMC fucking cutting them off. <laughs> so I don't put like... anything on my trailer. Yeah, yeah. Have to send you. I have to send you a sticker and uh, just got off podcast sticker. That way we can take the heat for for your shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting too old to fight anymore. Yeah. <laughs> remember, I was gonna fight Shane Cottle at Terre Haute for you guys. Remember that? <laughs> uh, fuck that, dude. That that's that's. Let's talk about that. Do you have anybody like that's that's one guy that even if I'm in the wrong or he's in the wrong, I'm just gonna be like. I, it's not, all right. I'm it's fine. Squaring up with him. It's all right, Shane. We'll just try again next week. But is there anybody that, like, when you roll up to a track that gives you like an intimidation factor that kind of worries no, you a little I mean, bit? Pretty much everybody could. Like, I would say, like, I'm losing any fight I get in. Uh, so I like I already <laughs> know that, but I'm pretty mouthy. Like, I don't. I just don't really. You know, like, if if I have something to say, I will say it. You know, like with. You know, like I don't really care about the repercussions, to be honest. Um, like most that. people aren't going to hit me. Like I, like it's, most of them aren't these days. You're right. Everybody wants to talk but, shit. There's very few that are actually going to throw down. It, it's more that like they're just I. I feel like no matter what, I win because I'm not. I'm a little so like I'm a little bit. I'm taller than Rico, but like I'm still I'm second. Like I'm the second smallest. For sure. So it, you kind of, you're an asshole. Like if you fight me or like you punch, whatever, like you're just a dick. What are you going to pick it on the little guy for? It's true. Like, How tall are like you? Either, I'm, I'm on my best day, 5'1". Get the fuck uh, out of here. So I'm a full fucking foot it, and an inch taller than this guy. Yeah. It, it sounds wow. fucked up. You know, wow. That way, but like it's just my whole life I've... That, that's kind of been the reality. People don't, you know. Like, and, I, and I knew he was little. I mean, like if last I had time. a dollar for every time somebody was like, next time, I'm going to fucking bash your teeth in. Like, well, why not this time, buddy? Let's fucking, you know, like, I'm tired of getting <laughs> Yeah, just, um, just fucking shut the fuck up and be a man about it. Just uh, put your money see, where I your mouth people, is. I think that's the thing. Area, really. I think that's the thing <laughs> where, like... When I when I first met him and he walked up with Gage, I honestly thought he was like Gage's little sister because Gage <laughs> has, has like the little flowy hair, and then here here comes Zach and he's got the real long hair, and I'm just like, 
I uh, I took the liberty of scrolling through your Twitter a little bit, and I gotta say that I was like, man, I don't know about having this emo fucking race car driver on our fucking podcast. I was like, man, this guy's hair is like, you know, and I had long hair too, but I had like rock and roll. Like, I was trying to get some like old pictures of like some race cars and stuff, and there wasn't nothing on there, and then it was just a fucking rabbit hole, and I was like, no, oh, not my on God. Twitter. <laughs> It's You'd like, have to go an awful far way down to find some pictures of me with long hair because that's been like seven years. 2014, I think, is when that was when I was out there with him. Yeah, so, 15 or 16. Yeah. yeah, I got. I, I was I, probably that far down. Hair, guys with long hair are compensating for hair loss, but they are going to hit that point where no. they're they're going to look like that bad guy off of uh, Dennis the Menace that fucking visits <laughs> park and shit. Like you're just missing all kinds of it's real fucking patchy. <laughs> Damn it. It's not me. I had uh, long hair just because yeah. I was in a rock band, so I don't have any receding hairlines or anything. Man, that blows my mind that you're like you're five foot one, dude. Like I I'll say right now on your camera, you don't look like you're five foot one. You look like you're six foot one standing there with <laughs> the camera. That's why he's got it in the vertical <laughs> form instead of the, the landscape. The horror landscape, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of feel bad. He's a, he's a bulky though, dude. I mean, he, yeah, he's got he's some mass to him. Yeah, he's not fat grandpa like me, but you know, I was fat. I was fucking fat for a long time. Were you one of those kids that, like, in elementary school, that like I was like this, to where like they made fun of me because I was so fat in elementary school? Were you one of those kids? Yeah, like or? elementary school, like I had a six pack when I was six. Like I was ripped. <laughs> like because I was I was active and everything. But when everyone hit puberty and grew, like you know, everyone kind of got chubby and then they grew up and they got right. skinny again. I never did that. I just got chubby uh, and then I I wasn't growing anymore. Right. So I just I stayed chubby and, and then kind of just fat. So are both then, your parents uh, short? Yeah, my mom's like four nine, four ten. My dad's five two, five three. Holy cow! Wow. Yeah, you didn't so stand like, a right chance. Where I was yeah. Two. You were you were hosed no. before you even thought of it. See, I was kind of the lucky one. Both of my parents are like five foot seven, and I'm six foot even. So yeah, I, and I, I'm taller than I'm taller man, than John. So yeah, I I kind of feel like we need to yeah. link up, John, and like just go run security for this guy at his, at his hauler, you know, at a race. There's, like there's let him I let him talk it. a bunch of shit, and then <laughs> <laughs> he said there's nights I'm needed. I bet, dude. Let's go. I'm ready, dude. Zach Hampton, I got your fucking back, man. I'll fight anybody in the pits. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm gonna bring Keith Bradley with me too. If, any, if anything, we'll just we'll just hold you back and make it look like you're just a bad son. You're of a, a fucking little Tasmanian devil yeah. ready to gnaw somebody's yeah. kneecaps nah, off. <laughs> I really only I really only had. I mean, I've had people coming down like hollering and shit, but I've only had one where like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was the biggest bitch move ever on their part, but um. They're they're banned from Lernerville for life. I'll just leave it at that. I gotta um, do a little bit of research. <laughs> I, you'd have you'd have a tough time, you know, finding that. Out. Um, it was just it was pathetic. Um, you have to you have so, to tell us off air. <laughs> yeah, you can tell us off air. We promise we um, won't, we promise we won't yeah. share. Yeah. So we can uh, so, we can was, actually. Yeah, you want you want some of the episode now. Yeah, do you want to do you want to play some play a little game with us here, Zach? You want to play a little game? Ooh, or would you I rather? Uh, fuck it, yeah, sure. All right, I love it, John. Let him have it. Oh shit! So usually I do some would I you rathers. Would oh, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring one back from another episode at the end here. But uh, would you rather peel all your uh, fingernail or all the nails out of your fingers or pull all your teeth out of your mouth? 
God. <laughs> um, I'm going to I guess I'm going to go fingernails. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I think would either do. would be very yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm mouth pain. Is... I don't know if anyone's ever had like tooth pain, but that shit is like crippling. That's yeah. not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to uh, go with fingernails as well. <laughs> would I, you I rather? I think it would be incredibly uncomfortable, but. Oh, yeah. Both are going to suck really bad. Um, would you rather have foot long fingers or one inch fingers? Well, you pro- you've already got the one inch fingers, don't you? <laughs> I mean, you got little hands, or do you? I mean, do you got some? Yeah. Golly. No, I mean, I would say they're little. Um, I would say they're proportional, which <laughs> would make them small. Um, I would say one inch. Yeah, that those little. Like, I think you get. I think you that? get more complex. I think. What is that? Slender man. Like you're just gonna be fucking shit up. There's a there's a thing you're on YouTube gonna... called Salad Fingers. You want to know what it's like to have long yeah, fingers? Look at look at salad fingers. Real long fingernails. Look at. Have you ever seen them try to accomplish anything? Like it's, there was somebody. Yeah. yeah, I forget where I was the other day, but I seen somebody that had like, they were like five or six inch fingernails. Yeah, like, it's like, what are you doing with those? Like they were trying to open up a door. They were trying to pull on a door handle, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, not working. You got that. That right. can't be fun every day of your life having to be so fucking cautious. You know Just the so most snap on off. One of the most annoying things for me is you know how they have the thing, everything has a touch screen now. It's all based on an iPad, right? So you go to like Casey's gas station and there's the gal in there at the gas station. She's like, you know, okay, pump six, and she's fucking tapping on the screen, and all you hear is click, 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 click. Yeah. I want to fucking punch everything in that fucking gas station. Especially yeah, when I'm standing in line like twelve people deep. God damn it. I'll get rid of them motherfuckers. They make them like the cell phone where like your fingernail doesn't work on it. Like it has right. to be like your finger. Mm-hmm. You, your fingernail gets in the way long enough. Some of them bitches will be wanting to text their baby daddies and stuff again. Um, <laughs> would you rather that every time you finish up doing the deed that you shit yourself or you vomit? I absolutely hate throwing up. I've heard a similarity of this one before on Barstool. Um, I'm going to go go vomit. I feel like yeah, I, I can control the outcome of that a little bit better. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> shit cool. man, I hate man. I hate throwing up so much, but I think I would rather vomit too. Yeah, nobody wants to shit their pants. Asking well, I mean, technically, you wouldn't shit your pants. You wouldn't have any on, but that's true. But right. that, that almost makes it like worse. Just... <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, and then I've got I got the one that I'm gonna bring from a past episode that right. seems to be a pretty controversial one. Would you rather stick a toothpick underneath your toenail and kick a wall as hard as you can, or eat the sandwich filled with? The boogers of a hundred people. Sandwich. Yeah, dude, I said the same thing. I mean, well, that's like, I'm sorry, that one's as disgusting as that is. I'm not, dude. Uh, no toenail. Fuck that. Yeah, I think Danny. I've like you, walked into a coffee toothpick? table. Yeah, and I, I was I'm, ready to end my life. Yeah, I'm picking the toothpick because I don't want fucking nothing to do with them hundred people. Yeah, dude. but see, like. Well, the thing is, you eat that sandwich, you can puke. You're gonna be disgusted with yourself, but it's done. It's over. Like it's, it's not. It's over with. You don't have to worry about it. That toothpick is gonna fuck your toe up for the next few. You may have to have surgery. 
Sorry, man. That shit's gonna hurt them fuckers. on for the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just not a big Would You Rather fan because I feel like I'm. It's a stupid game. It forces me to pick something that would never happen. <laughs> so it's like, well, you're the wrong fucking podcast, Zach. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I don't know. What about uh, history? Do you like yeah. it? Do you I like mean, history? It's a, it's a cool game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't dislike history, but it's I don't okay. Like Today's forgiveness. Books. Today, I forgive you for not liking Would You Rather's. Yeah, it is forgiveness. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I usually do like a little like history type thing. Uh, in 1977, today was Elvis Presley's last performance of his career, and it happened in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yep, I knew that one. I, bet I actually went. Yeah, yep, I went down to Graceland to uh, where his house was and stuff. That is a fucking badass place. Yeah, it's super, super cool. That dude had cool. it made. Yep. Like, everything's super fucking awesome. He's got, like, a jungle room and shit. It's I guess he, wild. like, died on a toilet or something. Did they say how he, like, died there or whatever? They, they'll know, Dano, they really didn't fucking take us and show us that. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm just asking. No, I don't remember. He, I mean, I think it was an overdose, wasn't it? Yeah, he over OD'd on yeah. something or other, but they found him. Oh, on, mean, found him on the toilet. Still happened on a toilet. Yeah. Oh yeah, most most of the time when people do overdose, it's in a bathroom. That's true. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Doing their deal. This wasn't today, but today was one of the most boring days in history. Like there was like I don't know, maybe twenty things. Say that, that every week. <laughs> Seriously, like this week was like I mean. In 1997, the U.S. Supreme Court upholded uh, the doctor-assisted suicide ban. So you can't go to a doctor and say, I want to kill myself, and the doctor would assist you in doing that. They, it remained banned after that. What is Here, that called? Like euthanasia, the proper term for that, yeah, I guess? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's kind of cool. Uh, let me ask you this. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Dude, come I mean, on. Let's not start like, this I argument. I, 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 that's another, like, I don't, um, I, I guess you guys say Jordan, right? Like, that's probably, yeah, I mean, but it's hard to compare. It, it really but is because the thing you're, is, you're talking two different eras of basketball, you know, yeah, but the bad the boy era is, and then, you know, the flop era. So everybody compares to who? Right. Everybody compares yeah. to Jordan. They don't compare to Kobe. Right. They don't compare to LeBron. Everybody hops back and follows and compares on to Michael. Right. You know. And the big thing like, is statistically is, and like just it was a different era. It's like yeah. was Steve the greatest sprint car driver ever to live? Probably, but like it, he didn't live in the era that we live in now. It's so much better right. now. Like where the talent every, pool you know, is like, so it's much different. Yeah. So like, would he be? Would he have done what Steve did now? I, you know, right. like it's just impossible to compare those, those yep, absolutely people. Good, like, great point, great point. LeBron lives in a different, different era. Everything about the sports is different. The rules are different. The the fucking technology is different for shoes. Like I think for I think for like Jordan and like Kinsler, the same thing could be said. Where like at least for Steve, right? Like almost everyone that was racing, which Steve did too, but like dude. They weren't working out. They were smoking cigarettes in the car half the time. Like, in the car, there yeah. Was nobody, like, <laughs> people weren't taking it seriously. And now, like, everyone, most of these drivers are in the gym an hour or two every single, you know, every day. But right. Even when they race, you know, like, and they're, they're it's running. It's become a performance athlete. Eating healthy. Sport. They're, like, it's, 
Yeah, and like MJ back then was one, not the only one, but like he was ahead of everyone else. They weren't doing that shit. Like he just outworked them, and you're he not outworking anybody. Right I now. mean, I've I've done some research on him and stuff. Like, he practiced like harder than he played. You know, like you can't outwork somebody anymore. Like because there's only so many hours in a day. Right. You know, yeah. so like very, MJ very good did. Point. He just he just he he cared about it way more than everybody else. I think the argument that I would have is um, I feel like Jordan, his toughness would survive better in today's game than LeBron would back then. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Comparing the two, like, you'll never know. Never, yeah, you'll <laughs> never know. I love we, the, I right, love so, the meme so on, on that. So, what was it's your like, history? Well, it's like the Would You Rather game. Like, well, what if? Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. We could uh, talk about it all night, but we're never going to really know. So Right. Yeah. It's I don't know. Of, AI is getting pretty goddamn advanced. They might really they, they might simulate some shit here in the next 25, 30 years. We might actually Yeah, know. but that's simulation. Yeah. You play Dude, the way, racing? The way safety <laughs> bullshit going. We're not even going to be driving these things. We're going to be fucking... They're just gonna like sell. We're gonna have. We're gonna be in a fucking i racing simulator with the cars out on the racetrack. We're not even gonna. Be yeah, around. it's gonna be like flying a drone. It's gonna be like when yeah. uh, Tyler Kendall and I started that uh, i racing series in 2020 when COVID happened. Nobody was racing. We put a series together and had a bunch of people come on, and we paid, and it it paid out. You know, all through the feature spots and stuff, just just so people could get racing. We There's had a broadcast on TV. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> But anyway, the history lesson today was in 2003. Uh, LeBron James was the first pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers. 2003, and he was the last NBA player to be drafted right out of high school, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, in 1870, yeah, in 18, yeah, in 1876 was the Battle of the Little Bighorn, but that was actually yesterday because that was the most historical portion of what happened. <laughs> In history, that was it, huh? That's what it. You got? The Hoosier Dam or the Damn. Hoover Dam, nineteen twenty nine. I feel like this is something that we got to talk about too, because Dano and I were talking about this the other day. The journey to the Titanic. Mm. Did you see anything about that submarine deal? I mean, I saw. I didn't. I didn't read anything. Past, all I saw were memes about <laughs> the controller thing, which I didn't really completely. Understand. I mean, I saw like that they yeah. tried to take a whatever, but I didn't know anything about it because, quite frankly, so, I don't give a shit. Um. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like, five people got in a submarine. I think four of them paid for it because one of them was actually yep. the owner and CEO. But they paid, like, $250,000 a piece to go down to the Titanic. People are, like, running them through the dirt, calling them fucking dumb and all kinds of shit. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. You can't really say that, like, to, to us, to me. Yeah, I'm absolutely 100% not getting in a fucking submarine mm, and going down there. Nope. But not... if you were to ask them, like, I'm definitely not paying $250,000 to do it. But if you ask them, they're not going to spend $250,000 and go hop in your fucking sprint car. It, it's something that they were passionate about and cared about, you know. Just, just because we don't like the exploration of the Titanic, that's something that they were passionate about and liked. And if that's what they want to spend their fucking two hundred fifty grand on, then... Who are we to tell them no? They probably well, think I mean, we're all fucking... of them were like, to them, like, I mean, I at least saw the rundown of who was on it and, like, the net worth and, like, dude, they, it was like me going to buy a Happy Meal, you know, like, it didn't really, 
Yeah, the one guy was I'm a billionaire. The guy and his son. Fucking none. It didn't affect those people, um, other than <laughs> like financially at least. I mean, they're dead now, so it affected them in some manner. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think would it be cool if like some other people did it, and then like it was safe and I could go on that tour for cheap? Would I do it? Probably. That's kind of cool, but. I don't know. I don't understand people's fascination with like getting in large bodies of water. Ah, uh, um, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, see, I, don't I don't mind, mind like swimming yeah. on the shoreline. Like it, it's black down there. Like it, it, other than your lights, it's black down there, and there's shit that we don't even know. Like, why would you possibly want to go down there? Yeah, um, in a little boat. <laughs> there's big shit down there. There's <laughs> a reason they haven't brought that thing up. You know, like it's yeah, probably because we shouldn't be down there. Yeah, one, one is fucking. Bring it up. Yeah, it's yeah, physically that's, impossible that's to do. People think three it too. miles doesn't sound very far. Like we're talking, we're not talking three miles that way. Like it's three miles straight down. You know, like yeah, you're not talking across the cornfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, and see, and the and the the thing that I was where I was going with this too is I saw a, a TikTok of a guy that he's a fucking genius with science and pressures and all kinds of shit, and he was kind of breaking it down. And he was saying that that far down into water, per square inch for each person in there, there was 18 million pounds per square inch of press, of, of pressure on them. He 18 fucking with, million. Well, not the people because they were in the, the box, but on the, well, the, yes, the, on the outside. On, yeah, 18 yeah. million pounds of pressure. He said when that thing popped, it happened within a millisecond. Your brain, like your vision, processes things in 13 milliseconds. So mm-hmm. that thing yeah. collapsed and had fucking crushed them before they even saw it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it was yeah. that fucking it's, fast. I'm, I would imagine, like, it's the pressure is insane. You know, like, as a human, you can only go so far, like, before, like, your lungs actually would implode. Yeah, right. and like somebody was saying, like <clears throat> I wouldn't mind. Like we had a we had a would you rather on here a while back that was would you, would you rather be in a submarine and have to live underwater for a year or be in a space shuttle and be in our galaxy for a year? And I would I would much rather be in a submarine, not to the depths that they were, but just for the safety factor that if anything goes wrong, most of those have the onboard inflatables that will pull you back up that, that they, you know, right. but it has to be like a, a lot of people don't understand too, that you have to slowly go up and you have to stay in that, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to be in that submarine for a while to decompress because the pressure changes so fucking much. Like if you come up too fast, forget yeah. what that's called. I don't know how much decompressing you have to do when you're inside, like, a submarine. Because the pressure on the inside should still be the same as, like, the pressure on the outside. Right. So, yeah. I'm honestly, I don't know. I don't think you have to do that much. Like, I think you have to be way down before you have to worry about decompressing when you're in a submarine. But, like, as a person, if you, like, scuba dive and you go down, like, you have to take intervals as you come up. Um or uh, basically, a, a nitrogen, the, the oxygen gets into your blood and then to your heart and then dead. Like, yeah. Or brain. Maybe it's your brain. 
it gets it puts night it puts oxygen into your brain and like it kills you or like you have a aneurysm whatever something like that but i don't know i honestly i don't know like i feel like if you're in a submarine there's not as much decompressing right because like the pressure's on the outside of the submarine not on you i just thought it was crazy how people were just i don't know how they get oxygen into a submarine i don't know i think you i mean it's it's just like (laughs) this is pretty morbid uh i think it's kind of just like being buried alive you what you have in that, and I'm, I guess I, it is pretty fucked up. So I work in a casket company, like, like I paint caskets all day, like 600 of them a day. But it, it's just like if you get buried alive, whatever oxygen you have in that casket is all you have. Once you are out, yeah. you are right. out. You know, and I think that's the same purpose. That's why they were saying they only had a limited time before the available oxygen that they had. I'm sure they had it in tanks, you know, and then they yeah, just had the tanks kind of pumping works. it in there. And then once tanks are out, you're you're basically breathing. What is that? Carbon dioxide or whatever mm-hmm. that you yeah. breathe. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah. I just thought it was kind of wild. Yeah, People no. were just dragging them through the fucking mud, man. Like those are human lives, and just because it's not something that you would do doesn't mean you got to be a dick about it. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't read that much into it. Um, I heard the basics, but like, because at the end of the day, really, it didn't affect me. And I, not like, it, that sucks that people died, but like, I just, I don't give a shit. You know, like, it kind of freaked me out. To do with me. It has affected my life none. Like, <laughs> in any way has it affected my yeah. life. So, I just I feel, don't really. I feel like you, know, you like, got to put a shell behind that sprint car behind you right now and just kind of make your own some uh, your own submersible, submersible. Yeah. <laughs> to print you off an ocean gate sticker and put it on the fucking side of that thing don't fucking do that, that yeah, but... too soon too, too soon. soon no it's not it's 2023 God. dude they fucking they had memes about that shit with the xbox controller please reconnect the controller before we even knew they were before dead. they even knew they were dead they were fucking with them people so yeah, like internet, nobody gives a fuck anymore. You know, for the internet it being is, such the a brutal will place, always win. Yeah, it's internet fun, always it's wins. It's ruthless. <laughs> for it being such a brutal place, there's people that get butt hurt way too fucking easy. Yeah. Oh god uh, damn! Yeah, there is. I lost word. What, what was your topic for the night, Dano? Ah, I just sitting here talking to this razor. That's pretty much what I was gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't have anything to talk oh, about. Uh, you, got, you got any questions for us? Honestly, I mean, we've been handing handing all kinds of questions out to you. Um, no, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't you really have... given it much thought. <laughs> Do you have any merch out? Yeah, I actually Friday I just um I just got my sh- Shopify up. So the shirts on there now, but I just ran out of some sizes when I put it up. Um and then I just got a text. Martha Ayrton's girlfriend is actually the one that set up a Shopify for me. I'm putting my crew shirts on there. I've got short sleeve and long sleeve. Um and she just texted me, so I don't know if she put them up if she was saying they are up or what, but um, they will be in the next day or two. And then um, I've got new shirts in the process. Um, I'll probably have them by Eldora. And then um, 
I'm gonna do either some crew necks. I might do. I'm pro I'll probably do some crew necks. Um, and then I gotta find something else. I'm gonna do some koozies maybe, and then um, I might do some like mini wing boards. Um, I put a Twitter poll out like two days ago, and then had people reply with what they wanted to see, and I saw quite a bit of stuff. But it's um, it's kind of a big investment for a guy like me because I sit on it for however long. Um, and I don't know how much I will or won't sell. So it's kind of hard to, to buy too much. Right. Um, right. But now that I can sell it online and I don't have to rely on like, there's a lot of nights where like at the racetrack, either fans don't come to the pits or like, I got a 10 hour drive to Iowa, so I can't hang around, you know, at Eldora and, you know, wait for people to maybe come by and buy a shirt or whatever. Like, so I had to load up. So being able to sell stuff online makes that better. So I'm going to get some more, but, um, yeah, if you go to my Twitter, which is like Zach underscore Hampton thirty five, um, there's a link on my whatever. I think, page I think there. Dan. I think Dano's nerd ass has already found it. He's already linked your uh, three five racing at myshopify.com, right? Yep, and the Twitter handle just went up as well. Yeah, so he's already cool. uh, he's already th thrown all that up there. Yeah, one thing that I would request too that. Um, so I've got my little station set up here at the house for where I'm streaming. And I've been collecting like the sprint car stickers, just like the die cut stickers. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some done. Fuck yeah. Do that. I need to add like just I've, with the car and like my name or something on it. Yep. Or whatever. Sweet. Perfect. That's yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. The whole the whole desk I plan to eventually cover with nothing but just sprint car stickers and stuff. So Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, no, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get some of those because uh, there's a there's a new deal coming out called Dirt Crowd. Um, there's a few. There's probably like ten drivers on it right now. Um, see, Lo, CV's on there. Mac Cannon, Macintosh, um, Rico. Like it's kind of in the development stages right now, so it's not anyone can sign up. Eventually, it's gonna be like anyone can. Um, but right now, they're just doing like select guys to get it rolling, and that'll have stuff on there so like basically what they're doing is it's a monthly it's more of a monthly subscription you can do one one time like payments but like so there'd be like a five dollars like if you wanted to uh, you know support a driver for five dollars a month like say like if i think on mine my five i don't have my notes for it here it'll be like a sticker and like a, a whatever autographs you know i don't remember what it was for like five dollars a month and then there's like a 25 dollars a month which is like a shirt every three months you know, like if you're keep paying, like if you're recurring, whatever, every three months, like you'll get the new shirt design and you get everything from the first year, whatever. And it's really, it's just a way for like, it's to help bridge a gap for people who just want to support whatever driver, sure. you know, that's whoever fucking, their favorite driver is. That's super that's cool. cool. Yeah. So it's it's kind of it's it's like a subscription. Like, like, I like me, a guy like me, even Rico, probably not Rico, like they, he has so many designs, but um, I know other drivers who, let's say, like, Schoenberg, I'm pretty good buddies with him, and like he gets new shirt design every month, two months, whatever. I know that they've had people where like they come up, they're like, "Oh, we already have, I already have one of all your shirt designs." Like, but you know, here's fifty bucks, like you know, for you guys to buy dinner. What? Like, they still want to support. So sure, it's like it's, a Patreon. It's, like it, yeah, it's basically like what it is, um, or like a an a OnlyFans for drivers, only <laughs> whatever out of it, you know. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's it really like, is, yeah. Someone to support someone that they they enjoy watching race, but like 
you know, maybe they can't, you know, they can't write a $10,000 check to have their name on the card, right. you know, but like they could do $5 a month or 20 bucks, whatever it is, you know, like, and then you get something out of it. Um, so, and there's yeah, like, and I watched a guy uh, Every earlier this year. I watched a guy earlier this year at Lawrenceburg. I was sitting over there talking to Timez, um, and guy walked up and said, Hey, like, you know, I, I don't want to share anything. I just want to help you out. And he gave him a hundred dollar bill. You know, he said, just use this to help you with whatever you need or yeah, whatever. Right, he said, yeah. I, just, I just want to support you and help you out. You know, that's really cool. I mean, people, yeah, there's been... the racing family is fucking wild, dude. Like it's, it's the support is just crazy. It is. I've, you know, like I always say, like I've met the best, you know, like the best people I've ever met and the worst people I've ever met in racing. Yeah. Like in every aspect <laughs> right. of racing. It's just like, like, it's just, it's wild. But, yeah. So um, ups and downs. John mentioned the, you know, the iRacing thing that we did during COVID. And uh, a friend of mine who I play in a band with his dad now, uh, Brandon Morin, uh, he came up and. Oh, yeah, I know Brandon. Yeah, he came up and used my computers to do the iRacing, USAC iRacing Invitational League. And, you know, just the same, same situation we were just talking about, you know, like, I don't, I, I would love more than anything to, to write a huge fucking check to any one of you guys, you know, and, and say, you know, here, fucking go have fun, you know, go fucking break everything yeah. you possibly can. But I can't. So, you know, whatever yeah. I can do to help out is whatever I can do. And as a thank you for, you know, him being able to use my computers and stuff, he's put my gaming channel sticker on the side visor of the car, and then when the season was over, gave me the side visor. Yeah. So, you know, just simple stuff like that, you know. I mean, you know, make a sticker with the, your 20 top 20 Patreon whatever, whatever's, you know, and have them sign a sticker and fucking put it on the car, you know. <laughs> that shit's yeah. cool. Yeah. Now, there's, yeah, there's, there's a few packages, whatever I got, you know, creative with some of that stuff, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know that, that deal is going to be rolling out too. Um, eventually I think last night they said they were testing my, whatever my page, um, and whatnot. So that should be coming up pretty soon. And I think everyone will start to see, um, more of that as, as that grows. Like I said, it, it's pretty new. Um, and I'm what you the, call it again? What'd they say it was called? It's called dirt crowd. D I R T C R O W D. Yeah. Like if you just type in Dirt Crowd, I think I want to say there's, um, I know oh, there's yeah. Canon, Rico, um, CV, um, the, I don't know her name. I, I do. Elizabeth something, Phillips or something. She's like out of like Nebraska area, I think. Or it looks like, like they've that. got about um, 15 drivers on here. Yeah. Rico, Aiden yeah. Parrish, Logan CV, Cannon McIntosh, Frank Flood, Sean Mahaffey, uh, Garrett Benson, Jack Dover, Christian Kennison, Elizabeth Phillips, Aubrey Joe Sappington, and Taylor Courtney. Yep. There's so a couple others like, here on the list as well. So. Yeah. They're kind of like just trying to get a mixture of micros, midgets, sprint cars, whatever, you know, like in, in a whatever variety mm -hmm. around. Um and then once they kind of get the kinks and stuff worked out and all that, like they're going to start opening it to like anyone can sign up and stuff. So, um, pretty sick. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Know. It's a, it's a cool, it's a cool deal. And like every driver gets to customize like their level. Some might only have a $5 and a $10 option. Some like I'm going to have, I have a five, I want to say a 25, a 50, a hundred, and then like a two fifty, which, um, you know, it's obviously not a lot of people would do that, but, um, like the 250 option, I want to say is like 
uh, allows people to come to the track and like hang out, you know, watch on, you know, stand on top of the trailer and watch, um, you know, stuff like that. Like people just want to, um, be able to be involved or feel like they're part of a, uh, a team or whatever. And that's kind of what they're, they're doing with that is trying to make that, um, bridge that gap, I guess. That's pretty, that's pretty sick. <laughs> that's pretty yeah, cool. That's a, that's a pretty cool idea. I mean, honestly, cause you know, like I said, I've seen it happen where people just hand them cash. So to be able to do something like that, it goes directly to them. And like you said, they could just ship a shirt yeah. every two or three uh, months or whatever. That's, that's a pretty cool deal. I mean, it's, it's yeah. almost, it's almost, uh, man, it's, it's crazy how the evolution of sports has came around. Cause like you said before, in order to sell t-shirts, you had to sit there forever. Like after the races, when fans yeah. could actually come down to the pits and stuff, and you, you, you were there late, late nights just to even sell a few t-shirts, and now it's all now everyone's through, got a thousand dollar t-shirt trailer. Yeah, sitting out front, you know they've got somebody running that, wives, whatever, mm-hmm. girlfriend, and, pick, like just like whoever, you know, pit, another pit lizard. girlfriend, like <laughs> you know, like it's just. You know, and that kind of goes into the whole racing, whatever, community thing. Like, we're all whatever. We all know each other, like, so well. And it's uh, it's a one, small world. One so. thing that's also cool, too, is some of those guys that do have the T-shirt trailers, like, most of them aren't opposed to sticking somebody else's stuff up there, too, and handling it for them and helping a guy out, too. That Yeah, they're not... like, uh, Jess, Jessica Schoenberg is, um, you know, like, when, when I did, what'd you do it for? PA, some of PA speed week, maybe, no, I don't know. Last year, there's a few times like when I was at an all-star race or whatever, like I could take just my couple boxes of shirts and like she would hang one up and that way I could just tweet like, Hey, you know, this is where they're at, whatever. And, um, you don't have yeah, to worry you know, about like, it, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, like I just, Hey, keep five bucks from every shirt, you know, or whatever, you know, like, and I don't have a ton of merch, so I, you know, I could do that. Now, if someone who did have a full t-shirt trailer, like what, like, you know, Hunter lost his t-shirt trailer and then needed to put it somewhere. Like that's a lot harder to do, but right. Um, yeah. Uh, Pex, uh, Justin's, uh, I don't, what's her name? Uh, it's his crew chief wife that runs his t-shirt trailer sky. I think it's sky. Um, she did it at nationals for me last year. I just put my stuff in there. I think van at the time. Um, so yeah, like a lot of them are pretty good about that kind of stuff. Um, but it seems like almost everybody, um, or a lot of people have a pretty nice t-shirt trailer these days. Um, it's, there's so much money in sprint cars right now, or, you know, all racing dirt track. It's, um, I mean, it's just absurd the amount of money that's being spent, but it's good, you know, for the sport for now. I, I was yeah for now i was asking john a while back you know episode two or three or four or whatever uh, you know do you think we'll ever get to a point to where like dirt track racing just becomes like irrelevant or do you do you see it as like the feeder system still for you know bigger bigger franchises i don't think it's a feeder system i mean right now the door's closed um you know like other than maybe one or two guys maybe but, like the, the door to nascar right now is closed right like Right. Like, it, it, I don't even watch NASCAR. Usually, like the couple guys that I do know that I grew up racing with or whatever, like usually 
when I talk to them, I just make fun of them for driving NASCAR. Um, <laughs> like I don't, I don't watch, um, you know, like I, obviously stuff pops up on my timeline. So, you know, if Bell wins or Larson or Jones, Eric, whatever, like one of the guys I, I raced with a lot and know, sure. like I'll text him, Hey, you know, congrats or whatever, but I do not watch it. Um, but like, there's not old guys left, right? Like everyone's young, um, right. whether they got there, how Kyle and, and Chris did, or like whether they bought their way in, like everyone's young. There's just not, I don't see a lot of like new guys coming in. So that door is closed, but I think dirt racing has become its own thing. Like I think it's grown to something where like, it's not a feeder, but it's enough of its own thing that it doesn't really matter what yeah, it's pretty self sufficient and all that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, like it doesn't. So yeah. I don't, I don't see how it could go irrelevant other than just, you know, I and don't I, know. And I don't think, I don't think that's anything that, dirt racing itself did i think nascar kind of did that to itself yeah i agree um, with with them changing the thing yeah i mean a little i, bit, a I lot still of i still think the chase for the cup or the point the the playoffs and shit i th- i still think that's personal opinion i think that's dumb <laughs> i think the stages are dumb um, yeah breaking like, i can't tell you the last time i watched a lap of nascar it's it's bad I, and it, like it's not it's not like the winston cup where you you're race if there's a caution you're on caution but mm-hmm. they have like stages now where they break it down they they throw a nascar caution and you get points for if you're leading or second or third in that stage but but then you got the playoffs and i don't know man like you could you could literally kick ass all fucking year long when, and then, and then when not, every fucking and, race yeah. and then just have one bad race in the playoff and you're out and it's just like what the fuck, man? Like I've got enough points all through the year that I should have had the lot this this championship locked up before we even got here. It doesn't but reward. Then also, but then you've also got guys that don't do shit all year and they get lucky and win one race, and they're yeah. locked into the playoffs. And somebody else who is consistent doesn't win a race, but is consistent and don't make it in. It doesn't. All. It doesn't reward any type of consistency or attrition. For the whole season, like like at every all. other racing yeah. sport, yeah. <laughs> like like Brady Bacon know. just fucking top fives you to death all year long, you know. Yeah, like he just he's consistent. That's why he wins fucking championships. It's like there's none of that in NASCAR. Like John and I watched what did we watched the beginning of the season. We watched Daytona. And we watched Talladega. We watched the super speedways. We watched the big high profile races. I like, but other I like than that, Bristol and Martinsville. I like the short track yeah. shit where there's actually shit going on. But aside from that, we're sitting here with he. I don't know how many fucking screens Dano's got now, but I've got dual monitors and a TV hooked up to this fucking computer. And most times we got three different racing series of dirt lined up. You know, <laughs> yeah, Dan, yeah. I'm usually you know, <laughs> at the track and watching wherever I'm at, and then I've got slower dirt vision on the TV in the trailer, whatever yeah. I'm not at. Yeah. You know, yeah, actually, yeah, usually we, I have the race I'm at. Uh, honestly, I would say actually nine times out of ten, whatever race I'm at, that's what's on the TV. Like I don't, uh, I don't know. I try not to watch other races when I'm at a race. Like, how, how much do you learn from that? As if you are at the race and they've got the broadcast, how much do you learn? I mean, does that save you from having to go up to the track and actually see, like, no, where the moisture like, is? You still or... go up to the track, but. Um, <clears throat> You know, like, I would say most of us watch um, on our phone, like, for qualifying, you know, like, up until, like, 
you're about to push off, you toss it out the side of your crew guy or whatever. Um, you know, like that helps a lot because you can see like if the track, it doesn't help at a pl- you know a place where it's like okay we're gonna Peevely okay Peevely is the same every single time you qualify there like you run the same like it's gonna be the same every time like no matter how worn out it gets you do the same thing uh, it's around you're never gonna be on the inside at Peevely to qualify like you're gonna be on the dirt wherever the dirt's at however far up it's moved like yeah. that's what you're gonna do but like Eldora or Knoxville it'll go like two three cars you got to be on the top on the top and then. Like the next two or three cars, you got to be on the bottom, or you got to be on the bottom down here and top up there, and like so you can watch slider line that. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I would say rarely is it a slider line, honestly. Like I, I think Logan Schuart's the only one that can pull that off at Eldora because um, <laughs> it's just you're going up banking, which slows you down. You know, like it's just not uh, physics wise is the opposite of what you should do, but. Um, yeah, you're able to watch that. So, like, I don't think it keeps you from having to go watch, like, look at the track because you, you got to be able to see the actual dirt, like, and the see consistency the, of it. The, te- the change, the color right. change, or, you know, whatever. I'm not a big fan of, like, I don't go out stomping on the track trying to see how much traction I can get with my foot because I don't have a freaking Hoosier tire on my foot. Like, that doesn't do anything for me. But, um, like, just seeing the change or, like, if it's dusty or – dirty on the bottom like you can't see that on the you know like they're not zooming in and it's a camera lens with racetrack wi-fi so it's not like that good um but you can see where guys are running you don't have to see the whatever so it helps um i think it can hurt too like i try not to watch too many guys qualify um i think you get in your head a little bit i try to watch the few guys ahead like right ahead of me that are good and see what they do um if it's changed any but yeah, I don't know. Different for everybody. So much, who tech- are some guys, so much technology involved now. Yeah, who are some guys? We'll, we'll wrap this up here in just a second. We're we're running pretty deep into it, but who are some guys that like you kind of look up to, like that you race with in the series that you look up to? Is um, I don't know if it's one of those that I, I I don't I haven't been around it for a while, so I don't know how the wing guys even deal with it, but or how much they share information or help one another, but. Like who? Who's one guy that you look up to to try and follow and you know compare yourself to? Of like, other than like Larson, when you roll up to the track, like, man, that's that's the guy to beat. That's that's who I need to watch. And uh, you know, I there's a lot of there's a lot of guys I can I know like if I go up to the, if there's say group I'm in group five of hot laps I go up to walk to the fence and there's group ones on the track. Those guys that I, I go, okay, like, I'll watch that car go around and that car, the rest of them, I don't really care. But, like, I don't think there's anybody that I would say, like, I look up to or that I think, oh, that's the guy to beat right there. Like, when I walk into the racetrack, true or not, like, I'm the guy to beat. Like, I'm, I don't, you know, like, I, you walk in with the mindset of, oh, he's the guy to beat, he's probably going to beat you. Like, right. that's just how it works. Like, yep. if, if, if you think that that guy can beat you, he probably will. Like, that's why, like, it's so hard to run with the outlaws because I know, like, I know in my head that that guy's better than me. So whether I'm ahead of him or behind him at the time, whatever, like, I know in my head and I'm going to make mistakes because of it or I'm going to drive a certain way because of it. Whereas, like, if I don't know who it is behind me or if I think it's whoever, I think it's some local, you know, like, and I see the nose, 
like, I'm not going to let him buy. But if I see a nose and I know that it's Brad Sweet's nose, Brad's probably going to get by me. It's just, so like, you can't, I, I, I think it's, you can't, as a race car driver, we're also, uh, I don't know, arrogant, I guess. Um, that it's, I don't know. I don't know that there is anybody that I like look up to. I know what guys are fast or like, I don't want to be behind this guy when we fire off, when we go green for hot laps, you know, I better get behind somebody else. This guy's right. going to slow me down, you know, or he's going to be in the way. Um, but I don't know that there's anybody like in today's world that I race with that I like, I, I would say like, I look up to those guys that I know are better than me. And, I hope one day I'm as good as him, but I don't know that it's like a look up to him, I guess. I don't know. I think that's, that's it, man. Is there anything else? <laughs> I, I, yeah. figured, I figured there would have been at least one guy that would be like, I'm going to watch this guy and see what he does. Oh, he you named me. He, he's Brad Sweet. <laughs> I mean, there are guys that like, there are guys that like, but there's nobody that I'm like, oh, they're on the track. I better go watch. You know, like I mean, sure, right? Because right. because I'm not them, and I'm and I'm never gonna be them. Like Brad Sweet is in his own way as good. You know, like on any given night, him and Larson could go either way, and, and gravel and shots and like right. there's ten guys that could. So to go, oh, I look up to just this guy. I mean, like other than Larson, I mean, you know that like Larson's going to be good every night, but like, so are those other 10 guys. Yeah. You right? probably, you probably be good. take something from each and in each individual driver from wherever yeah. it might be, you know, like, in, yeah. And you know, like they might suck that night, not suck. They not, those guys never suck, but they might, you know, eighth place them suck. So like, <laughs> I can't yeah, go, oh, Brad's on the track. I better go watch him. Well, what if he runs eighth that night in the Cedar one? Oh, I should have watched the Cedar. You know, like, right, just, sure. yeah. I know which guys are fast every night. And like, if I'm watching, if I'm up looking at the track or watching a hot lap session and like, you know what guys you should watch and you know what guys right. when you roll out for hot laps, you know who to be behind and who not like David Gravel fires off after me for hot laps. He's going to go in front of me, which is fine. I fire off behind whoever, like I'm not going to obviously dog on anybody, but if I fire off behind somebody that I feel, or I know that I'm faster than all the time, I'm going to pull around them or however many are of them and get behind a guy like David Gravel, who I know is faster than me so that I don't catch them. Cause like in hot laps, you don't want to catch the guy in front of you. Like that's the worst thing you could do, especially with a wing on top. Right. Yeah. You know, like dirty, air. dirty air. Like mm -hmm. you've ruined your hot laps. It's hard to tell what, what you need to right. the car. So, but it's, you know, like obviously all of those guys, you know, like I'd, I'd love to be as good as them, you know, and I watch what they do. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of my career like in the grandstands for the feature watching what they do. So I, I'm to the point now, usually, you know, I'm at least in the race with them. So, um, I don't know. I don't think there's anybody you just like, there's, there's not one particular guy. There's a group of guys that I know are, you know, like they're good every night. If I watch what they do, like, and I go do that, I'm not going to be way off in left field. Sure. So. But yeah. the amount of information sharing is, uh, you know, there's some. There's always some. Um, yeah, but they're but not giving you, you gotta, all the little bits. <laughs> a, they're not giving you it all, and they're stretching it. Like, they're stretching. So you got to get good at just taking what they say and what you can see, you know, and, like, knowing what they are and are not lying about. Um, you know, like, you have your one or two guys that, like, you're, you know, tight with or whatever you're really good buddies with like that 
aren't going to lie to you. But there's a lot of guys. Like, it is a mind game out there. Um, you know, guys are only going to be so truthful. So, right. but they can only lie so much before it's, like, obvious. Like, oh, well, if we're at Eldora and someone asks me what gear I have in and I tell them it's 6-0, like, you, they know I'm lying. Sure. <laughs> right. That's about points off. You know, but like if I've got a five twenty six in, and I tell them, "Oh, I've got a five eighteen in," right, you know, some guys yeah. might. I'm not. They don't like. They they wouldn't think. Oh, he's lying. That's so far off. You know, like or if I got a five eighteen in, and I tell them, "Oh, I got a five twenty six in," you know, eight points at a place like Eldora where one through twenty five is pretty tight. Oh, away like a tenth, legitimately a tenth of a second. That that eight points a year. You know, like that. That's a tenth. Or can be, you know, any either direction. Absolutely, yeah. So one way or the other. Um, but you know, I don't. You can't blatantly lie because it'd be obvious. Oh, I got ten fifty down the the left and nine seventy five down the right. Like, okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> you don't. But um, so it's a lot of mind games, um, especially with everything like being so tight and close. Everyone can buy the same stuff. We all have the same equipment. Right. Um, that's, why, that's why inverts are dumb now, because you invert a guy like Gravel, who's two tenths of a second faster than me in qualifying, and has to start fourth. Well, when he's in dirty air, like, they're not going to pass me. You know, like they, that's why like, I made the historical big one. I made my prelim. I won the heat at the nationals. You know, I made the prelim because I, I started on the pole because I was whatever quick. I went out dead last, and then my stuff is is you know like I'm just good enough that they're never going to get me like in an eight lap heat race when I can be just as fast as them and there's no dirty air. Yeah. So it's tough, but it's a mind game for sure. Well, I think that's going to about do it for episode two. Uh, Zach, it's been a pleasure, buddy. Yeah, man. It's, it's been, Appreciate been awesome. you having me on. Yeah. Not a problem at all. Uh, we, so when are you going to be, are you done in Indiana? Indiana then or do you have any races coming up around uh, no, this area? Um, let me pop off here and look. I've got a schedule over here with like everything. Uh July twenty eighth and twenty ninth. Uh, we're we're down in Tennessee. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... there's a fast there's a fast race at Paragon that I'll end up running, but I think that's the last two. Um, Damn. And that's that's the weekend like Indiana. me and my wife and then Dano and uh his old lady, we're all going to be down in Nashville, Tennessee, so fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get the bar yeah. for dinner to put it up on fucking <laughs> on one of the TVs or something. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, would, it would be on the cushion, I would say. Those two nights will be on the cushion. All right. I think Fast gotcha. um, has a cushion deal. Okay. okay. But yeah, those will be the last two in Indiana. I want to say there was five total, and... Um, We've done three of them. No, there would have been six if you count Hobstot, which I kind of don't because it's so That's far down. way there. down yeah, south, it's dude. Indiana, but it's almost kind of not in it. I mean, it's in a different freaking time zone. Yeah, it might, literally as, well, is, yeah. might as well be in dude, Kentucky at that, that point. <laughs> might as well be Illinois. I, I hated driving down there when we uh, ran there with Andretti's because you lose an hour coming home, and yep. it's just it's such a fucking long drive. And Well, and I really – I really watch the tractors, people. Uh, the best part about racing at Hobstock is going. Oh, no, home. <laughs> it's going home. <laughs> I, I, was, 
that's the best part about racing at Hopshots, going home afterwards. And see, that's the funny thing, too, because you can ask drivers, any driver about Hobstot, and they will either love it or they will hate, hate it. it. There mm-hmm. is literally no in-between. Like, that, that, it's either a badass place yeah, to race or it who, fucking The sucks. ones who love it are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's a great non-wing sprint car track and midget track, but, um, like, it, it's just, it's, when it comes to wing sprint cars, you know, like, a uh, 305 would probably be cool. Maybe even a 360 race, but, like, when it comes to wing 410s, like, there's just no, um, they could nuke the place. I wouldn't care, uh, honestly. <laughs> well, maybe not nuke. They'd kill people around there, but, like, blow the place up um, Im- implode and i would not care <laughs> level like, it turn it into a cornfield I, yeah i mean i don't i just i've seen one ra- think, i've seen one I wing race there dirty racing like does it yeah. is it exciting as a fan to sit in the stands yeah because everybody's trying to fucking kill each other but like <laughs> yeah it's a like a gladiator driver, ring it yeah sucks. like it promotes it promotes dirty racing like i can't i can't tell you how many times like in the at the outlaw show like I'm trying to run a line and I'm just getting, you know, like bombs. People say on, I'm, yeah. you know, I ran not even bombs, dude. Like my left front mud cover was touching the hubcap, you know, just getting fucking wheeled 10 ways to sun. I passed 74 race cars in the B main and, and went like sixth to fifth. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't stand that place. Uh, uh, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Which is why I probably race bad there because I don't like it. But we're um, we're all trying to yeah. mellow down and sign off, and now we've got get fired the fuck up. No, <laughs> we just completely ruined his night. <laughs> Damn, all I right, said my, my piece. All right, so you got uh, you got your Shopify up. Uh, it's up there in the chat. Three three yeah. the number five racing dot dot com. Uh, Twitter dot com forward slash Zach underscore Hampton thirty five on Twitter. Uh, the new dirt crowd thing is going on for you. So, and then I assume that we'll see you at some crown jewels here before long. Yeah, um, yeah, I will be at Eldora for sure. Cool. Uh, I'm not gonna have the motor. I wish I had him for there, but uh, it'll be all rightish if I draw the right pill, which I probably won't. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I'll have my I'll have my really good motor back for Knoxville. So I'll be at the nationals. Um, I don't really know that there's any big races in between that. Um, might do Peevely. If I can find a 360 motor, I will skip Peevely into the 360 Nationals. I'd really like to run the 360 Nationals. Um, so I probably won't run the Doty. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. Probably nothing. I got to drive to PA. Like I won't get back till Thursday. Um, Hopefully, I'm trying to get in a car out there. That would be cool. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I'll probably just take next weekend off. I'm not going to get back Thursday sure. night and put a motor in my race car to go race. Like, that's just uh, how shit gets tore up. So, um, yeah. Uh, I would say the next, which, if that's the case, what, the next deal's freaking the million? The million. Should be the million, right? Yeah, yeah. should be the other one. Yeah. Uh, What's this weekend? The thirtieth, thirty-first? No, there's one more weekend before the million. Yeah, because this weekend the will be the thirtieth. Yeah, and yeah. then there's the seventh and eighth. Yeah, the seventh and eighth. I don't know what I'll do. Um, I I will not do Ransomville and Sharon. I might do US thirty-six and Lake Ozark with Power Eye. I probably won't do 
the outlaws are at 34 in Wilmot. I probably won't do that. I don't know. I might. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. He hasn't. He I'll hasn't made up his mind. Says, <laughs> a life of a racer, man. Build this motor before. I don't want to. I don't want to have to go put the motor on kill it. And outlaws. I had two outlaw shows before the million. I'd rather just go to the power eye stuff where I can take it a little easy on it. Got to break it in good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, and just I don't have to turn it. Eighty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We appreciate you being here. Uh, you guys, may, if you're here in the chat, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, uh, on Kick, or whatever, make sure you follow Zach. Keep up with all his racing stuff to get the dirt crowd going. Uh, make sure you buy some stuff and support this guy. He's a cool cat. Tonight's the first time I met him, and I tell you what, Zach, you got a, you got a fan in me. Throwing the Toy Story out there. I appreciate so it. I appreciate you being I got a on lot here. Of people who I don't have a fan of, so. So that's that's fine with me. I'll come to your trailer and I'll fight all them motherfuckers. Fuck them. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's another soundboard option for them. Fuck you, Pioneer! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode two of Just Got Off Podcast with special guest Zach Hampton. Zach, good luck in your races, buddy. We'll see you at the million, and we are getting off. Peace out. Peace. See ya.